Vamos a ver. Welcome to Mac, Jack, and Jim This Week in Sports. We're live on Roku, YouTube, Facebook, and a bunch of other places we'll be live on later. I'm your host, Mac, with your co-host we call the historian, Jack Hirsch, and the legend himself, Jim Jeffco, two-time Super Bowl champion, Hunter Sack Club, legend himself. Of course, Jack is also a Hall of Fame boxing writer. Yes, really yes. No, Jackson, no, 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 we can never it's, it's, it's a bit it's a bit different what I did and what Jim did. I mean uh yes, yes, it is. It is, but it's no, it is. Like, uh, I mean if they didn't have them, the sport of boxing would have never been as popular if they didn't have people like you. Well, some total Jim's the one getting a raw deal here. Mac, you were supposed to start the movement for him to be in the cowboy ring of honor. We're waiting, I mean. What is Jerry Jones waiting for? He's, he's holding out him and Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, he's waiting to put me and Jimmy at the same time. Jerry Jones right now is busy with some woman on his yacht right now. That's what Jim, Jimmy. <laughs> oh, that's a cheap shot, Mac. That oh, was yeah. little, Mac. Anyway, oh, anyway. Any of that here. Anyway, just just to follow up on Jack's stuff. First writer to go uh, across the Iron Curtain and broadcast from Russia went to jail just to write a story. I don't know if he broke any laws or not. It but was he was a communist the country then in 1991, but I kind of knew how far I could go pushing things there. And you went right. to jail? To Mo- yeah, yeah, to Moscow, to cover for a first American journalist to cover a live professional No, but you didn't go to jail for it. Russia. No, no, no. But uh, I was kind of a little bit, the group I was with was kind of treated like VIPs to an extent. Oh, okay. Yeah. He did, he did end up going to jail. Uh, eventually, uh, to write another story about a guy, a boxer to box in jail. Oh, right. Charlie oh, Depp okay. Green, who committed a triple murder there. Yeah, that right. was an experience. Uh, triple yeah, murder, no. huh? Yeah, yeah. He denies it. He denied it, of course. And, uh, Is he in uh, prison now? He passed away, you know, oh, yes. uh, since. Yeah, that was a while back. Okay. So anyway, anyway, that's, that's our show. We're here live every Sunday, 8 to 10 a.m. And we'll get to other promotions as we get along. But I want to start off with the Major League Baseball standings, uh, as we do every week. Right now in the AL East, the Yankees at 52-20. and 20. Boston has moved up in the second at 41-31. and 31. Tampa Bay is in, sitting in third right now, the best team in the, in, in the AL East, supposedly, at 40-31. and 31. The Rays at 39-32. and 32. And the Central, now this is only for over 500 teams, guys. I'm not going to give you all the you know teams that have got six wins. Who cares? Uh, in the central, the Twins are 40 and 33. Cleveland at 36 and 31. And Houston, the only team uh, and over 500, is a team that beat the Yankees yesterday. Uh, the Astros are 45 and 26. In the central, you have Milwaukee and St. Louis battling it over there for first place at 41 and <laughs> 33. And in the West, 
You've got the Dodgers at 44 and 26, San Diego at 45 and 29. And I don't have it in front of me, but I know San Francisco is sitting at third at about 41 wins. So the uh, the National League West is still very competitive. The AL East is very competitive. And those divisions should probably have multiple teams getting in the playoffs this year. So, um, again, Yankees on fire. Um, they got cooled off a little bit. There was a no-hitter, combined no-hitter thrown against them yesterday. Um, as I saw, Gallo just missed a home run by two feet. That would have tied it up. But that's what happens, right? You sometimes yeah. you win, sometimes you lose. And no matter how much you lose by, your loss is a loss. I don't care if it's one run. I got to tell you something, Mac, about perfect games and no hitters. There's always a close call where someone nearly got a hit or someone makes a great play to save it. I mean, how often we see a no hitter where it's completely clean, you know, where the pitcher doesn't come close to losing it. Right. Yeah, it comes very close. Foul balls, they just missed the pole, uh, you know, stuff like that. Um, but that just shows how good control the pitcher has in, in a way, right, Jack? I mean, if he can make you foul a ball off or pop up, um, that's part of the control. Well, you know, you mentioned that the Mets have had one no-hidden team history, Johan Santana. That was before instant replay was allowed. And one of the balls called foul, the replay showed it did hit the foul line. So it should have been called a hit. It wasn't. So, you know, he was able to get the no-hitter. And you're right, Pickles. 15 Yankees struck out that game. Yeah, so, I mean, listen, the pitching uh, was really good. It was a young kid who hadn't gone over 100 and something pitches. I think he was up to 115. 115. When Dusty finally pulled him out. So, there you go. We missed another no-hitter by a starting pitcher again. I don't know what that significance of that is, but, um, you know, it is what it is. Mac, I just want to add – them Houston taking out the starting pitch after seven innings because the pitch cap was high. For those who say if a guy's pitching a no-hitter, you leave him in until the bitter end. When Santana pitched his no-hitter, the Met manager, Terry Collins, wanted to take him out because his pitch cap was too high. Collins was wincing on the bench. He left Santana, and Santana got his no-hitter. He was never the same again, had arm difficulty. Well, then, then you can look at Nolan Ryan at pitch. I don't know how many no-hitters and how many innings, and he's fine. So, I mean, it, I guess it depends on the person, Jack. Yeah, but he was a different kind. Don't you think he was a different? I know oh, he did. Yeah. But, oh, yeah, yeah, he was a, he wasn't a big guy. Who, Nolan Ryan? Yeah. Nolan Ryan's a good size, Jim. That's a good but size, But not man. like Roger Clemens. I mean, uh, Roger Clemens. It was pretty close. It was pretty close. I remember uh, watching the guy go out to the uh, mound to try to uh, kind of – Rough up Nolan oh, Ryan. man, come and on. He, and he ended up breaking the guy's nose. So, I mean, the guy's no. a tough guy. He's a whole car. Nolan Ryan was a Met. How did they let him go? I saw him pitch in the 69 World Series. The Miracle yeah. Mets. He came in in the third game out of the bullpen. Yeah. But I don't think Noah Ryan was big as some of the pitchers today. I'm, I'm well, I, I, I've seen him in commercials. He's pretty big, Jim. He's not a small guy. Trust me. He's not like a Ron Gidry who was like five, you know, yeah. five four. He's like six or, something, and uh, he was. Sausage, who was well, a big I think he was, yeah, he was a big guy too. And Nolan Ryan yeah, was catfish hunter. Yeah, catfish those. was okay. Those were those those were those were good. Stuff. But I'll tell you, Nolan Ryan is an old farm boy. In fact, there's there's rumors they he still throws in the upper eighties right now at his age. That's how strong oh, really? that is. Yeah, yeah. So very interesting, Jimmy. You know, go ahead, Jim. We we talked about on the debate show yesterday about. 
the most disappointing team in baseball this year. I picked the Reds because they were supposed to, you know, really turn it on this year. Jack, I think, pick, did you pick uh, Seattle? Uh, Seattle. Because Seattle was supposed to do something. And and Doc picked um, Doc picked the Angels. The Angels, right, with Otani and, and, and you know. That's with yeah, yeah. And, and I was wondering, you know, I know you follow baseball. You're a big baseball fan. Is there any team out there right now that you thought was really going to have a good year or really be competitive, and, and they're not even close? Wow, that's hard to say, but I think Kansas City myself. I thought they were going to be better. I don't think they were going to win anything, but I thought they'd be a better team. That's so a I good to- one, Jim. I thought a year ago Kansas City was a team that was going to turn it around. Last I year, too, yeah. they yeah. haven't woken up yet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, there are there are teams, like I said, that that we expected to at least be competitive. Yeah. I, I threw Tampa Bay in there, believe it or not, Jim, because Tampa Bay was supposed wow. to be the best best in the East, right? They're a winning team, but they were supposed mm-hmm. to have the best roster in the East. And they were supposed to run away with it. And yeah. then far now Boston has gone by them. So um, you know, of course it's still early, guys. I realize that it's early in the season, but we're almost at the halfway point now. How about managers that you thought? would change things yeah that's a, that's a good question it's a good question i don't know You're no longer there like joe yeah. Girardi or um uh kansas uh california joe madden yeah joe madden yeah, yeah. good morning to i'm you gonna too. tell you, you mentioned uh tampa bay one of their really good pitches formerly good pitches blake snell who last year went to uh san diego yesterday he hit Bryce Harper on the head. Oh, yeah. Broke his thumb, right? Right. Yeah. Harper's going to be out for quite a while. Yeah. And Harper initially had words with Snell. He was mad. But then to Harper's credit, he soon realized, you know, this was an accident. He hit yeah, me on he the said he, Yeah, he yelled at him. He know he didn't do it on purpose. It wasn't well, right. They've been going up against each other since, like, they were 10 years old. Backstage oh. right now, we got Keith Angle. Uh, from TGI Sports, great show, great host. Let's bring them on. Let's talk a little bit, of course, about the Yankees, the Patriots, and, uh, and a bunch of other things. Let's bring up Keith and see what's going on. Good morning, Keith. Gentlemen, good morning. Good morning. How you Keith. doing today, my friend? I am doing excellent. By the way, it was Robin Ventura that about 22 years old. Yes, that's who it was. Robin Nolan, Nolan Ryan was about 45, and he kicked the crap out of of. Uh, Ventura that day it was one of my favorite highlights in uh, baseball. I saw him out there pitching with a bloody nose. He didn't give me yeah, anything. I hit in the face yeah. one day. Another one, right? <laughs> he didn't sitting didn't there care. with blood dripping down his face. He didn't well, care. You know, people, think, was... people think football players are the only tough guys out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, in the eighties, basketball players were tough. They were always in wars. <laughs> That's a good point too. That's yes. a good point too. It has it has become more metro, I guess, today. More more ur, uh, more urban than suburban, I guess. I don't know why yeah. I'd say. But yeah. anyway, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Keith, uh, arbitration with Je- Joe uh, with Aaron Judge. Everybody got excited when the news first broke. Oh, there's a deal. There's a, like something big was happening. All it was is that they settled the arbitration suit where yeah, he ended up getting he ended up getting 19 million. Um, yeah, two hundred fifty thousand, I think, for a league MVP and two hundred fifty thousand in the World Series for MVP. So that's another five hundred grand if right. he does that. Um, I asked this of Jack and I asked this of Doc yesterday. I said, if you were the Yankees GM, I'm pushing that spot right now, Keith. 
if I, if you were the Yankees GM, would you have given him more than what he was asking for as a sign of good faith? Or do you think they did good business coming to an agreement and that's that? I definitely would have. I did a vlog on this Friday. Uh, in fact, you and we talked a little bit about a Friday morning and I would have at a minimum met his 21 million and maybe thrown a couple more million in there and said, and then said, as act of good faith here, Aaron, let's make sure, let's let's get back to the table here and let's get this done. Yeah. I would have done it for free, right? But um, I would have done that, yes, as, absolutely. You think Aaron Judge would have been interested in that? He didn't seem interested in it at all. Not, not sure. Again, you know, he's got advisors and his financial guys, you know, his uh, uh, agents and whatnot are going to give him the advice that they give him. He's got an ultimate. He gave them an ultimatum that he would not negotiate during the season. And I don't know that they would get him to come off of that, but I would have made an attempt. You know, the late arbitration hearing gave them attempt, an attempt to make another run at getting him signed. I wouldn't have done it, Keith. I mean, come on. You're bowing down to Aaron Judge who won't negotiate. And I'm the one who said the Yankees handled things all along. I would say to Aaron Judge's reps, if you're willing to listen to our offer, okay, we're going to come up with a big, big offer now. We're going to treat this year as a free agent year, not an arbitration year. And if we give you an eight-year deal, okay, we're giving you an eight-year deal this year, this year and seven more on top of it for of this lump sum of money. Are you going to listen to it? Okay, will yeah. you accept it if it's acceptable to you? I would go that way beforehand. And if they say no, we're going to talk at the end of the season. The Yankees did it the right way. Don't file down to Aaron Judge. Oh, we're just going to throw a few million more his way. Number one, number one, the Yankees aren't bowing down to Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge has earned everything he's going to get and more. The Yankees are worth $7 billion. Whatever contract they sign him to will be peanuts in their eyes, and they will make it back a hundredfold over the time of that contract. Keith is right because if he gets to the free agent market, that is going to be crazy because now they're saying there's rumors that Boston's going to go after him and New York. He's going to get forty million dollars if he hits the open market. Okay, so let me ask let me ask you both this then: If Aaron Judge lets the contract right out, say the Yankees offer him say thirty five million dollars a year, just say, and Boston comes and says I'll give you thirty eight, and Mets say I come in and say I'll give you thirty eight. What is more important to Aaron Judge? Is it to be a Yankee for the rest of his life, to have to be part of the Yankee history, or is it more important to make three more million dollars a year? I think it's going to be more. It'll be the money in a way, but it'll be the years that are offered. Number exactly. one, and he if all things are equal and the years and are what he wants and the money's close, he'll want to be a Yankee for the rest of his life. That'd be I, that would be my thought because. That's something only you know today nobody does, right? I mean, exactly. I agree with you. I and think that's I mean, what happened. The history of the New York Yankees is something that yeah. you can look. You know, you know, you look, at, you look at the markets, right, guys? You look at the markets. If you look, take a look at the markets. The biggest media market in the world still is New York. That's without yeah. question. You could yeah. take LA, you could take St. Louis, you could do whatever. whatever. They the, the media market in New York reaches Europe, reaches all that stuff. And they're known world. That's why the Yankees are so popular. But Carlos popular. makes a good point. You know, he is from Central California. Yes, from, true. That's yeah. the thing. And I could see them if the Oakland A's or the LA Dodgers or the Anaheim Angels offered him that kind of money. Or even San Francisco, yes. Yeah, he but can't he, send himself to 10 years in Oakland, can he? Good grief. 
Oh no, no. but I'm just saying he is Central California, and he no, might want to go home. I don't think that's all of it though, because Max got a point. He, you know what? Both sides, both sides need each other in this thing because yeah. he's going to, he's more valuable to the Yankees, and uh, than and he he also needs the Yankees and that. That uh, media market and the Yankee uh, aura. I mean, endorsement. Uh, I'm going to tell you, endorsements. That, dude, that's what I mean. Off the field, yeah, off the field. You can get the endorsements. LeBron James from Cleveland was getting big endorsements. You get big endorsements all over the thing, too, You got to remember, you need New York. You're making 35 million a year. I don't think you're too worried about endorsements right endorsements. now. 35 million a year. I bet you Michael Jordan. Yeah, the sad part about this, and I've said this before, what the Yankees eventually offered Judge could have gotten him signed originally had they offered it. But they were being tight with their offer, being exact with their offer, and they're going to come up with a bold offer to keep him when he's a free agent. But by then it might be too late. Last yeah. year, correct me if I'm wrong, Keith. He struggled with injuries too. Last year, not no. Last year, he played 148, 147, 148. So he got hit in the hand with a pitch. That's why he was out. He, That's not two, an you know an injury per se. No, the two years before he struggled a little bit. He proved last year, and he's proved so far this year he can stay healthy, mm-hmm. and he's learned how to play. And you know, Jim, I'm sure you learned this playing in the NFL too. You know, when you're a young guy, you do things that get yourself injured because you don't play within yourself enough. Yes. And, he, and he got himself early in his career a lot by, you know, overplaying, if you will. Because yes. he he's a big guy, you know. Yeah, he is. What's he, six, 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 seven? Yeah, and you're going to get a lot of injuries other guys don't get. I mean, everybody gets hit on the hand. You're going to break a hand, right? But uh, he would die for balls you did no chance for and games you're up seven to nothing and he learned not to do those things and i think aaron judge will stay healthy look at i said this before this guy has finished he's he's gonna finish in the top couple people in the mvp this year he's finished second fourth and 12th in his career five years he's finished in the top 12 in the mvp voting and so don't tell me he's not one of the best players you're saying if he he demands a 10-year contract his people you would give him a 10-year contract, you're saying, yeah. take him to age 40. Yes, because this is the New York Yankees, not the Kansas City Royals. I mean, they can afford to do this. They will make their that money up front so fast that it's not going to be yeah. wrong for them. And Mac makes a good point. When you got a media market like New York, that's just a drop in the bucket for the New York because you know you'll make it up in uh, everything else. Merchandise, TV, Merchandise. Uh, commercial money uh, goes up for TV uh, broadcasts. Everything is higher when you got a guy oh, like Aaron Judge to face so, your so let's, let, no, Wait, Jack, 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 uh, that's enough. We're like, we are, we got some limited time. Let's get to the NIL Archman. Archman, he goes to Texas. Okay. I mean, I guess this makes Texas more on the map at the least. Does it make him a contender? Is what I want to know. Well, it depends on you know what they put around him. Obviously, he can't win it. By, can't win him by himself. Uh, he's as far as nil. I mean, look, he was going to get whatever money he's going to get, and he's going to make his real money on the next level anyway. So I don't think you know that part of it matters. Here's the interesting thing: they changed the rules in Louisiana. He's getting nil money now. Yeah, High school players school. can get nil. Oh, NIL. really? Interesting. Yeah, change the rules. You know, and that is an interesting. One million. They're saying that his average year, 
he basically he's got a contract. Yeah, he's got three point one million a year. It's going to be the highest paid player, and it is being paid three point one million, and never throwing a ball a ball in college. Yeah, look yeah, at people are going to watch Texas on TV now. The average football fan who wouldn't want to watch, you know, Texas is going to watch because of Arch Manning. That makes him worth it. It is worth it. This is a big deal for Texas. It's a big deal for Steve Scarsese. And it, he, it certainly protects him this year if he has a bad year uh, from losing his job. Because if he does, he, he may lose uh, – or Texas may lose Arch Manning in the portal. So yeah, yeah. this protects him. And I look at – all, all things, everything I've read is the fact that Arch Manning wants to go out and and make his own way, not following his father's footsteps or his grandfather's or his uncle's. Uh, that's why he chose Texas, and it's a great story. If he can revive the the the, the Longhorn program that's been, you know, down for quite a while now, again, uh, pretty much since the Mac Brown era. That's true. Um, and, that's true. Uh, but here's the interesting thing: they signed uh, a couple offensive linemen when he did that and he committed there offensive linemen committed to um that's a great that, point which makes uh yeah it makes it interesting he's getting that protection yeah you're They're gonna get a ripple effect. they have a, a guy named quinn evers they just got transferred from Ohio state that's gonna yep. be interesting too if he has well. yeah if he has a big year this year it's gonna be very interesting to see what happens in 2025 or 2023 excuse me so jim you live out there are you gonna go watch a texas longhorn game now Oh yeah, you know my son was an All American there. Yes. Oh he really? Was, I didn't know he that. All American there at Texas. Cool. And he was a five star recruit at Texas, so he played there under the Mac Brown era, and um, at the end of the Mac Brown era. And it's a unique place. It's a unique place. It's a hard place to play because it's in the state capital of Texas. Awesome. Yeah. Anticipations are always high for Texas football. You know, and that was important. Arch Manning too was a, was a good college environment. That's why he liked Georgia so much because uh, of Athens uh, and the environment on the campus. And he liked Austin the same way. Yes. And he, he developed a really good relationship with Scarsese and then the uh, quarterback yeah. coach there uh, uh, over the last two years. So it's an interesting place. I mean, it's the best way to explain it is most boosters, if they have two or three millionaires supporting the program then they're good with texas they have 15 billionaires did you hear what i just said they are the highest revenue team in the united states and they haven't won a state cha- a national championship wow since what the early 2000s yeah they have, the big 12 has got some huge guys t-bone pickens at oklahoma state same way i mean these guys yep. are, are billionaires and you know they're playing in the big it's a they're, they'll be buying national championships eventually Keith, what we haven't talked about is what do you project for arch manning is he going to be a great college quarterback or not look i would say yes all things uh being equal it's impossible nobody's got a crystal ball we don't know what'll happen i given the the uh uh the family history. There's no reason to think that's, he won't be. That's what I um, think. And these guys don't make that many mistakes, you know, with five-star recruits. There are mistakes to get made, but not with this type of pedigree. And I mean, I mean that the, the not only the family, but the people they know, the quarterback coaches that he goes to to work yeah. with. To, and I mean, he's just got to jump on everybody else. I mean, he really absolutely. Hey, don't you think it's kind of interesting? The one quarterback, because you know, obviously Eli and Peyton. 
that is probably going to be one of the most successful of the Suns is the one that wasn't a great college player, obviously because of injury. You know, right. yeah, right. I talked about this Friday that Archie always said that Cooper was the best athlete of all of them. Yes. He would have had a great NFL career himself without, as you said, the the injury that caused him to stop playing. In, yeah, he was uh, he was the only one that was a wide receiver, correct? Yeah, yeah, wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. That's that's. Uh, I mean, that's a, that's one heck of a family. I wonder. I wonder if if he had any daughter. I don't. Does he have any daughters, or is it just all sons? It's the three boys. I'm pretty I sure. It's the three boys because yeah. you know they do the commercial. Yeah, yeah. Whole family yeah. around, and you never see any daughters. No, no yeah. daughters. Yeah, yeah. Right. Three boys, just like my family. It all worked out the same exact way. Yeah, sure did. Sure did. <laughs> <laughs> so now that's a story. Eli's daughter plays basketball, you know, in the youth leagues, and he was one of the coaches on the sideline. And when the game was over, he left quickly, understandably. And the coach from the other team runs over. He says, "Is that who I thought it was?" Like he was all puzzled. Imagine you're coaching basketball, and Eli Manning's there coaching at the other end. Yeah, it, 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 this is one of the great recruiting stories in the history of college football. He's been recruited since he was in eighth grade, you know, by all these major schools. And it, it's just, it ended someplace I don't think anybody could have predicted, uh, you know, a few years back. I, I, I was helping Byron Williams with a uh, camp. It was, um, they were from the eighth grade until the 12th grade, mm -hmm. the kids. And there was an eighth grader who has eight offers already. Wow. He ran a four five and in the eighth grade. Could you imagine wow. that kid? A four five. Wow. That's that, yeah. for an eighth grader. That's pretty quick. For an eighth grade. You yeah, were running that in the eighth grade, right, Jim? It must have taken yeah. you until you were a senior to run a four or five, probably, wasn't it? Yeah. I still well, ran. I don't think I still ran one. Jim, Jim ran a four or five once, but there was a turkey dinner at the end of the finish line. <laughs> and that's how he got there. You know how much I weighed when I was a, a senior in high school? I say probably a buck seventy. One ninety-eight. Wow. Big. That's big yeah, for saying. Yeah. Jim, I saw a photo of the kids in Byron's football camp. You have to help Byron with the motivational speeches because the kids look bored listening to him. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 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 That's, wow. That's supposed Maybe to be Jack's turn. Yeah. Jack will turn on you quick. He turns <laughs> on, like on everybody. Uh, it wasn't, you know, the motivation part of it. The kids were like yawning and so on. Well, they needed you know, a Jimmy Thompson time. Jack, they were out in 105 heat. Shoot, I was yawning. Yes, yeah. yes. I, I, I was happy to be back in the air conditioning. I would, I'll tell you, I was looking at that picture, and I could pick Jim out a mile away. I mean, I just <laughs> saw that big, big head of his just sticking out. I said, there's Jim. There he is. He's standing oh over God. everybody. I mean, it was, it was great. It was great. One more question for you before we let you go, Keith. Let's talk about the Pats a little bit. Yeah. Um, they finally – they supposedly led the push to go back to the total throwback uniform uh, uniforms. Andre yeah. kind of led the charge on that, where they would, you know, they would do the jerseys, but they would keep the same helmets. And you know, they said, "No, no, no, we're going to do the throwback. We're going to do the throwback." I know it means more sales. NFL was a little worried about concussion safety, but there's no why? reason why they didn't make sure those, those helmets are good. They you use know, the same helmets. They just changed the the colors. That's all. I mean. It's the same helmets they use today. That's I don't know. I don't get the no, NFL. No, no, he's, he's, they're getting the old the old logos on there, Keith. The old logos, but the logos got nothing to do with getting concussions. It's still the same helmets I, they play. I, I, I agree. Not the one that Gino Capaletti and Jim Nance played in. 
that well, they're going to have Pat Patriot on the helmet. Yes, I love the throwbacks. Well, believe me, yeah. I grew up with that. I love the the old uh, school uniforms. Yeah. I love them. I, I still remember getting pummeled by the Bears in those uniforms. It was so much fun. I don't know. I don't know. I, I kind of like the new sleek look and in, in fashion wise. I don't know. I don't know about that. Nah, I tend to be old school, and you know, it's hard for me to change. I've come used to the flying Elvis. I've gotten used to the flying Elvis, but uh, me too. But you know, them Steeler, them Steeler uniforms are dreadful. I mean, that that's just the ugliest looking. That looks oh, like a, the throwbacks. Oh my God! That oh, terrible. Some of these uniforms are. Who would the wear? I mean, they go out, and I wouldn't wear it. I'd be like that helmet. I'd be like I'm. I'd be like a Tony Brown at the end, you know, the beginning of the game. I'd be tripping out that uniform and walking off the field. There are some bad ones. I'll agree with you there. Oh my God, that was, that was ridiculous. <laughs> I'm so excited. Keep, I hope they wear them for more than just a game. That's all. Yes, I do too. So to let you folks know, me and Keith will be doing a morning show starting next week on Roku called Start It Up. Roku, uh, it's just a Roku show. Where we'll be covering all the sports Monday through Friday. And it'd be me and Keith uh, heading that up. And there's a lot of changes coming to Roku, folks. So if you have uh, Roku, check us out. And if you don't, get the app and check us out. Because uh, and, it's and be a great show. This was after some tough contract negotiations. So there's their top secret. I can't let it out. I, I'll tell you, Keith drives a hard bargain, folks. He really does. <laughs> Uh, a couple beers kind of iced them over there. At yeah, the end. I you, Peter, I forgot. Yeah, I thought Aaron Judge was tough. This is even tougher. <laughs> you, right. give me, you give me two beers. I forgot I was even asking for any money. I don't know, like, exactly, exactly. I mean, I didn't offer him the brewery for a year of free beer. I couldn't go that far. Keith is begging for his Yankee card back from you, Mac. That's why he's being so nice. Oh, stop <laughs> it. Stop. Stop. I'll even bring that up. See you, Jack. See how Jack is? He just brings anything up. It just oh, yeah. <laughs> Keith, Keith, I want to thank you, folks. Check out TGI Sports Talk. Great show. Great guests. Great interviews. Keith's a great host. That's why, you know, me and him got together for this new show coming up. So check him out in social. He's on Twitter. He's on Roku. He's on every channel you can on YouTube. Check out TGI Sports. He's a great, great host. Thanks for coming in, Keith. Thanks for having me and looking forward to the, the new show tomorrow. Have a great Sunday, right. Keith. Bye-bye. So there you go. Keith Angle, TGI Sports, and right in the bullpen, right ready to come up, is Robert Butler, who's always chasing those big stories, always breaking the biggest news. So let's bring up Robert and see what's going on with, with hey. Robert. Hey. Morning, guys. Good morning, Robert. Morning, You're looking Robert. great. Thanks, man. Doesn't he? Robert it, is all business, unlike every other, you know. <laughs> Robert is always I mean, all business. I mean, I'm going to tell you, Robert, my wife loves your show. She absolutely, she's, she, she tunes in all the time. And every time you're on, she'll stop what she's doing to listen to what you say. And she says to me, what, you can't put on a tie or something? And I'm like, okay, Robert, we got to talk after the show. Yeah, all those weather van uh, stories I'm tracking down. Yes, yes. That heat, you know. And, 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 and that sports tracker, your hair never gets messed up. I wonder how you do that, Robert. I'm not sure. Oh, the air conditioning still works. I don't have to roll the windows down, so. All right, beautiful, beautiful. So, Robert. Yeah. Let's get into the Durant situation. Of course, it's all over the news. What's Durant going to do? Because Kyrie's probably not going to be around, right? And they yeah. supposedly got together yeah. to get this team going and have their own championship run, and it just doesn't work out. I mean, it doesn't mesh. Kyrie's got his plot problems. James Harden says, I'm out of here. And Durant's kind of stuck holding the bag. Durant is probably still, 
I would say the top five player in an NBA. Easy. I mean, easily as far as scoring, as far as yeah. setting up plays. I mean, this dude can make shots from anywhere. 6'11", can drive to the hoop. I mean, he's just a great offensive player. So now, what do you think Durant should say? Say Kyrie gets traded away. It doesn't matter where because he has the, he doesn't have a no-trade clause. They can get rid of him anywhere. Yeah. And they pick two good players, real good players. Does Durant say, listen, I want to go hitch my wagon to another team again? Or does he say, listen, maybe I can do something here with this team. Ben Simmons might come back. We don't yeah. sure he's, he's supposed to. He's a good defensive player, so you got two pieces. And if they get two, three good players, real good players, don't you think Durant could take that Nets team to at least challenge the Eastern Conference? Yeah, you know, once you look at the roster, it's not that bad. You look at guys like Joe Harris, Seth Curry. You know, Seth is only 31. He's three years younger than Steph, the, the brother uh, that just won the MVP there of the finals. So I've looked at possible trade scenarios where they could possibly trade Durant to – this is stuff – this is what's going on out there. This is what's being reported uh, for to uh, New Orleans for Zion Williamson and three, yeah. three draft picks and maybe put him with a Brandon Ingram and a C.J. McCollum. Yeah. That would be interesting. But, again, when you've got Seth Curry, Joe Harris, a healthy Ben Simmons – at what what is he 6'10, 6'11? One of the better defenders in the league. You got two shooters there. Do they let Kyrie walk and go after a Zach Levine or Bradley Beal? Clear up some cap space from what you know. I would like to get a Zach Levine at 27 years old, a guy that can create his own shot. And he's a pretty good point guard in this league, or maybe a Bradley Beal or somebody like that. Uh, I wouldn't run out of town if I'm um if, if I'm Kevin Durant, I wouldn't want to move again. It seems like he's just trying to run to another championship. Some people have brought up maybe trading to Portland with Damian Lillard. There's a lot of crazy talk out there right now. Uh, but, you know, as we've seen in the finals, guys, you need chemistry. And it's hard just to make it up in one year. He's not getting any younger. He's going to be 34 in September. But Portland right. got Jeremiah Grant from the Pistons to accommodate yeah. Damian Lillard. We haven't heard from Durant. Why is everyone assuming he wants to go elsewhere that he's even an issue? I mean, maybe right. Durant is content to stay with Brooklyn. We haven't heard anything otherwise. We're speculating, and we have him off somewhere else. We have all these trade scenarios. We haven't heard from Durant himself. He hasn't shown any discontent. We haven't heard him give the Nets an ultimatum. Well, if Kyrie goes elsewhere, then I want to be traded. Right. I, don't you think we should wait and see a little bit? I plus, think he's very – go ahead, Jim. No, I was going to say, plus he is an East Coast guy. He's a, yeah. a Washington, D.C. guy. So it seems like he likes being close to the East Coast and being close to his mother. I know his mother travels with him uh, and everywhere he was in Golden State, in Oklahoma. But it seems like he's more comfortable – on the East Coast. I know he went to school at the University of Texas. But it, that's the thing. And maybe they can build the team around them, like you said, the yeah. players that you mentioned. Yeah, and I, I just don't see why he would want to do that. Maybe he's playing. He's he's a very passive guy. He didn't want to confront uh, uh, Draymond Green. We know about that going back to the Golden State days. Maybe he's just saying that kind of publicly through channels, but really he wants Kyrie out of town because he's untrustworthy. Uh, Maybe. Uh, that's that's the rent for you. 
you really yeah. don't really not a hundred percent sure what he's going to do. So, so there's one side that hasn't been covered yet. I haven't heard anybody talk about this, Robert. So that's why I wanted to get you on this. No one's talking about Ben Simmons, what he thinks, right? Yeah. He gets traded to to the to the Nets, thinking he's going to be in the plan with you know Kyrie and Durant, and he's going to you know they got as you said good players around him. And of course, you know last year he kind of took off, but I imagine he felt within this year, I would think that he's going to be playing with all these great players. And now yeah. Kyrie's gone, and Kevin, from what sources are saying, might leave. He hasn't said he's going to. What would Simmons do if that scenario happens? If both Kyrie and Durant are gone, what does Simmons do? Uh, if I'm his agent, I'm going to say, man, you're really going to have to uh, reshape your image uh, around other general managers around the league. And players, for that matter, do you want to push – you want to push yourself off of another team because you're not in the air quote ideal situation when he didn't even play a single game last year and talks about mental health issues and all that other stuff. I would probably hang tight with uh, the Nets and maybe just play out my contract. That's what I would uh, advise Ben Simmons to do is rehabilitate his image. But who? what am I? Let me ask you this question. Yeah. Robert is, is that, the uh, other than the COVID area, teams that built from within are the teams that won, obviously, yeah, championship because the Golden States, the Milwaukee's. So it's and we always talk about these super teams, but they're, I mean, yeah, you know, LeBron's teams have won in the Lakers, that was the COVID era, and when he yeah. was at the Heat, but they got beat by teams that built from within, they didn't go out and try to get you know, superstar teams. Because that's a risky situation there, don't you think? Yeah, that's the sentiment now, guys. I mean, we go back as far as the Spurs. They were primarily built within. Even the even that Toronto team, all their core was yeah. built within. They made one move and got Kawhi Leonard. The rest of these guys were all drafted by the Toronto Raptors. You know, Mac mentioned a good point in the past show when it came to the Celtics. Don't make any changes. Leave your team alone. And this applies for a good number of NBA teams. Just play better next year. A lot of these teams have the nucleus, like the Milwaukee Bucks, yeah. okay, the Phoenix Suns. It's just a question, play better next year. You, sometimes you don't have to make moves. Maybe most of the time you don't really have to make moves. It's just a question of playing better, executing better. Right. Look at these draft picks with these young 19-year-old kids. They're still getting used to the routine of exactly. the professional life. A lot of these guys, the first few years, they're just trying to get used to uh, get making the flights on time. I know I would be at 20 years yeah. old. Oh, yeah. No question. No Robert question. 100%. Shoot, Robert, I, one time I left my car running. <laughs> Jim, we're not yeah. talking about what Jim, we're not talking about what happened yesterday. We're saying 20 years ago, Jim. <laughs> Robert with a great segue here into the draft. Yeah. This is why I hate the NBA draft. Not only is it boring with the bubbles and the, the, the lottery picks and all, and you don't know who you get to later, then you really don't know who you get anyway. I mean, yeah. you've got trades happening three for four teams, five teams getting this, three teams getting that. It's, you have to be a chemist to understand how this thing works. You're getting four future draft picks from this team and training that. I mean, Robert, there is nothing more confusing than the NBA draft. 
Yes, it is. And then you start looking at these trades and one through five is protected, one through 14. I had to look up that and see what that means. And and uh, I, we talked, you sent me something about the Knicks. It took me forever to figure out how many draft picks that uh, uh, the Oklahoma City has and gave up uh, to move up to the number 11th and not to really uh, – put any kind of curse on the Knicks. Sam Presti for the Oklahoma City Thunder is a wizard. And Nick fans, uh, you really hope that this Osman Dean doesn't turn out to be a Kevin Durant type of player. <laughs> so it's hard to tell. Uh, scouting is a big deal. And, of course, like we just talked about, getting these guys used to the NBA life, you know that these players under 25, 23, they're not going to go far in the playoffs. They, they usually don't. It takes them a while to grow into their bodies. But, yeah, it is really confusing. And, quite frankly, it, it's a crapshoot. I have no idea who the Knicks have now. I know they got rid of Kemba Walker to make some uh, salary yeah, cap moves. But then they got 14 trade. They picked up a guy from – Another team, they traded him for three more trades. For, I guess they got seven choices. I'm not sure now. I, I'm not clearing. sure how many. What? No, I was going to say they're clearing space out, cap space to get Brunson. Yes. They're going to make him a heck of an offer. Everybody knows that's what they're doing, is clearing out space to get him. Well, because his father's an assistant coach. Yes. With I don't think that matters as much as people think. I think, I mean, obviously, he's going to max out. But, but know, it's a pipeline. The Knicks could find out what the player is thinking through his dad, who's their assistant coach. That is so true. That's a kind of a pipeline there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I would think I would think that we you at least know what's going on in the young man's mind from dad. Mm -hmm. You know, than 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 not. So I mean, if they get him or not, at least they get to know the kid off off record, which is. But I always say this about when you go to New York, and places like that, his advisor is going to say, hey, look at this. He's going to be paying 50% of his taxes yeah. on his salary in New yeah. York as opposed to a no-tax state where there's no state income tax in a Texas. And that's, yeah. the, that's going to factor in. True. But again, Jim, I mean, the, the, the amount of attention you get, the amount of endorsements you're going to get, I mean, I would imagine that would kind of... I would agree to a certain extent, but you also got to look at here in Dallas, he had a chance. They got farther than anybody anticipated to hear. Yeah. The Knicks is a, you know, it's a fire. I mean, it's just, it is all, it's been like that for the last couple of years. Oh, it's for, Dallas for years. is always going to be Lucas' team, and if Brunson could come to the Knicks and be a semi-star, he's going to stand he out. He has to have people around him. Dallas. The organization, and that's the thing you got to look at. And well, I mean, Paul said about Thibodeau, he's better with veterans than he is with young players. And Brunson obviously is not as young as he was, but he's still. But if his dad's the assistant coach, obviously there have been serious discussions with Thibodeau, and Thibodeau would have given his word, you know, how much he's going to play him and how he's going to handle him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That and plus, like they're saving those picks. They may go after another player. Sure. Uh, they're going after something big. So they're going to do something big with those draft picks. Uh, oh, possibly yeah. a Kyrie Irving. I don't know how Irvin would fit. Oh, with don't, say, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not say that. 
Do it's not, out there, though. I will, Mac, I, will, I, will, I will not watch the Knicks again. I won't. I don't, if you get think of Kyrie Irving, I'm done with the Knicks. It's, you I know, it's a, guys, it's ironic about NBA draft picks because the Nets had the Sixers pick that they deferred, and that was the 23rd pick in the draft. And Jim was drafted 23rd, correct, Jim? Yes, was I was. was drafted. And that had a lot of value in the NFL. They don't want to bypass that pick. But in the NBA, they just throw that pick away a lot of times. You're, you're exactly right. You're exactly yeah. right. I, I, I think so, too. So, Robert, um, let's take a look a little bit here about Watson, who's always in the news. Sometimes it bores me, but, you know, sometimes uh, yeah. it's interesting stuff coming in. He's going up for a hearing. I think it's on Tuesday uh, with a new a new. Uh, I don't know if you want to call it a prosecutor, but a, a new mediator, right? This is a new woman yeah, that's in yeah. there. A lot of NFL execs have said, listen, if you don't clear it all, we don't want to see you on the field. A lot of NFL execs are, 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 are all over are all over that, you know, good, good tell. I'm going way back. That's how old I am. Yeah, but they're all yeah. over good tell. They don't want to see him on the field till this is resolved. But where it is, there might be 60 more coming. I mean, the, the does this ever get resolved is, is what's what's concerning me. And what do you think a punishment is going to be when, you know, they've talked to the, the women that have claimed he did this. They've talked to him. Yeah. No yeah. charges. But, man, people have got suspended for a lot less than what he's accused of, I should say. So what do you think is going to happen? And it just keeps it, – again, it makes the NFL look bad for trying to get involved in – uh, potential criminal suits and lawsuits like that. Two different jurisdictions, two different jurisdictions uh, uh, said they would not indict him criminally. That's something that also has to be into uh, taken into the factor. And also, yes, this is going to happen Tuesday. They're expecting something before training camp, some kind of ruling. And for everything I read, the NFLPA, if they try this season-long suspension deal, they're going to fight that tooth and nail, and I do think they should. Uh, somewhere from six to eight games, I think, would be for a guy who's never had any other criminal activity. And this and is technically not criminal activity. Yeah. And here's the problem I have. All this every day, and you're right, and I'm not saying that Deshaun Watson's right. But Daniel Snyder is just as wrong. Yeah. To me. Oh, yeah. That's I mean, you have, what you there is no difference. There is no difference in what they did. Daniel Snyder cheated the NFL. Yeah. Supposedly. And he did things that were basically say he's getting sued or he had some hush money for a woman on his plane. Well, things yeah. like that. Guys, it's a different situation. You know, want to know why the NFL owners want Watson suspended the NFL to come down hard on Watson and him to be suspended for year two. Nothing to do with ethics of what Watson may have done. It's because Cleveland signed him to $230 yes. million of guaranteed money. Now, they got to pay more money. Cleveland yeah. is costing them more money to deal with their star players because of that deal. So they're ticked off at Cleveland, and that's their way of getting back at Cleveland by having the NFL suspend yeah. Watson. Yeah. And Carlos makes a good point. Houston was had him signing non-disclosure. Hey, listen, I mean, listen. Houston's the name. Houston is the name defended. That hasn't been resolved yet, Jim. Yes, they're the defending the case. I mean, that there's a lot of people that are wrong in this thing. There are a lot of people, and Deshaun Watson is not right. That's right. not what I'm saying. Right. 
you have to hold everybody accountable because there's some bad things going on in the NFL, and they need to get that corrected. Oh, yeah. they do. They do. They do. I mean, listen, and, and, and again, I think this is one of many. I mean, we saw Dallas. We've seen Snyder. Yep. We've seen what happened yep. with the Raiders. I mean, this happens all the time, guys. It's just, be, mm-hmm. it's just now it's coming out. Now women are yeah. coming out and saying, hey, give me some money. I don't care if it was non-disclosure or not. I'm going to tell everybody what you did. And, yep. you know, yep. sue me. So what? So anyway, um, yeah. I don't know what to – I mean, what can you do? Uh, you know, uh, human nature is human nature. And I don't mean to say that like it's it's a throwaway. I'm serious. If you're attracted to somebody, you're going to say something. You're going to try and pay some attention to them. Same thing both ways, right? They're going to say something or try, or try to – Try to get next to you in some way. I mean, where's the line? I, I it's got to be tough inside inside I those agree. rooms. Sometimes, you know. Well, uh, it's something that I'm sure that will be talked about it, uh, in the rookie symposium uh, for for what you are. Uh, you can be a potential target, and and I'm sure all this is Jim has been talked about in the symposium. Players just say yes, like yes. they always think it won't happen to me, and. You never know what happens when you sign those big contracts, guys, at that yeah, age. And they talk, they've been talking about this for 30, 40 years. Yeah. Be yes. careful. Yes, this, because, this is, right. this is yeah. not Rob, new. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's another issue, another star player, Rob, Alvin Kamara. You know, they yes. said he was worried about getting a long-term suspension. Now Kamara says, no, he never said he was worried. But he has to be extremely concerned. Oh, yeah. The league has to deal with his situation. What do you think is going to unfold there? Yeah, I heard that too, uh, Jack, that he uh, he's backpedaling, but I, I, there is a, uh, a sense that he may get suspended for that. Yeah, six, uh, six games, right? Yeah, it's a physical, some kind of assault charge. Yeah, in, in, in Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, a running back, I, I, think, I think the Saints will be okay with that. They'll, they'll figure it out. Uh, I don't think it's going to get a season long because I don't think Kamara's gotten any other trouble. But uh, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. I well, mean, it's listen, hard to tell because there's no precedent for anything. They're just making listen, up as they go along. Yeah, it's true, Robert. You know, the only thing that I would tell Kamara is stay away from the elevator. That's all. Just use the stairs and there'll be no fights about it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, keep him in but, shape. Yeah, just, yeah, stay oh, in man, shape. Run him down the stairs. And there'll be no problem. I know those elevator things. I had my jet jacket on at Mohegan Sun, and I got harassed in the elevator. Yeah, we're going to talk, we're, we're gonna talk about Jack's, Jack being harassed, being a jet fan. I got to take it out and wrap it up inside yeah, out. Jack. Yeah, and and I'll, he, I'll tell you, I'll tell you and the he should be, too. And in fact, I want to harass him right now, to tell you the truth. Rob, oh, the, the NFC North, yeah. very interesting to me. Um, you know, the Packers are, are, are doing their thing. Jim even thinks that the Vikings might jump up and surprise anybody. Do you think the Vikings can actually, you know, Roger's saying, you know, I own you and, you know, whatever. Yeah. Do you think do you think the Vikings have a legitimate shot at the Packers this year? Well, you know, Aaron Rodgers, 38 years old, uh, had a toe injury last year that he complains. And I think that may have been a big part of why they got beat by San Francisco. A few throws may have been off. It was really cold in that game. And Minnesota, guys, two overtime losses, uh, one one point loss at Arizona. That was like a 45-yard dead bang field goal. They should have won that game, if you guys recall that one. So you look at this young coach here. What's his name? Kevin O'Connell. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they were eight and nine last year. You flip two or three games there, you're pretend, you're a playoff contender there. I think that this is going to be a very tough, much tougher division with Detroit getting better with the Chicago Bears. I'm I'm reading that that Fields uh, his his uh, improvement. He's looking better there. This is not going to be easy for Green Bay. I picked Minnesota to win it last year. Their defense was uh, was a little bit disappointing. It wasn't as good, but I think Minnesota has a fighter's chance to win the North this year because I don't. I'm not sure if uh, if uh, Rogers can play 17 games. Mm-hmm. The one thing you said, I don't know if you saw this comment. Jefferson said that this is not a run first team anymore in oh, Minnesota. Wow. He said that, and you do have feeling there. Everybody talks about Jefferson. Yeah. That is a pretty good player. I mean, they do have some offensive talent. The quarterback Herb is Smith here. may break out this year too, Jim. Yes, the true. tight end from Alabama, the young that tight end. Yeah. Well, if the Vikings are going to get better, something has to give because the Packers we know are going to be good. You know, I mean, maybe not outstanding, but they're they're going to have a good team. I look for the Lions to take a big jump up, and the Bears are the ones that are going to be. And you can say what you team. want. Losing Devontae Adams is huge. Yeah. It is huge news. Well, they got Sammy Watkins. No one talks about that. Well, he's injury prone, Jack. True. <laughs> <laughs> they lost Valdez Scandalin too, guys. Yep, yep. Jack believes Detroit's going to go eleven and six and win the division. So I, you know, whatever. <laughs> hey, I you know. never know. Crazier Make things. The playoffs, I said. Well, uh, eleven and six might win that division. Dan Campbell is no joke. He's my type of coach. He's oh, a type man. of coach yeah. I'd love to play for. If I were a player. Uh, Jack yes. still, yes, he yes. believes the earth is flat. So, yeah, Dan Campbell uh, over, over there talks about breaking Jack, kneecaps and old time NFL. Coach. Yeah, biting people and stuff. It's a really, yeah. really good yeah. philosophy <laughs> there in Detroit. So, uh, listen, I, I think it's going to be a tougher division than people think. Let me put it that I way. Too. I, I think a lot of people think it's going to be a, a social division. I think it'll be tougher than the NFC South. I believe that. So, we'll see what happens. So, Robert. So, Robert, thank you for coming in and covering these big stories with us, taking different looks at different angles at some stories that are already out there. We always enjoy having you on. Everybody, check out Sportscope. Robert Butler, also on Roku TV. He's got his – he's all over the place. This man is on every social media platform. I think I saw him on on, 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 on a poster board down the street. He's everywhere. So, oh. <laughs> check, check out Robert Butler. Great job, Robert. As always, we love having you on. Have a good show, guys. All right. Thank you, Robert. Have a good Sunday. So there you go, folks. Robert Butler from Sportscope, who joins us every Sunday. Great, great, great analysis. Up next, guys, after this quick break here, we're going to be talking to one of my favorite guys who is having fun in the sun, I guess. He looks all relaxed, and he's he's sitting down there underneath a tree. I think he's got a – is that a margarita you got? Packs. I'm not sure. But anyway, we'll, we'll talk to him in a minute after we come back after these messages, folks. Don't go nowhere. Uh, stick with us. And you know, you know, I, you know how I struggle with the board, Jack, right? Every show I struggle with the board. So I'm doing the best I can, folks. We'll be right back after these messages. Don't worry, Ace. We need practice. But first, let's start with a complete breakfast, including my Kellogg's Frosted Flakes. It helps bring out the tiger in you. I hope your serve is good. Good serve? Why, this serve is great! Go, go, run, tiger! 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 Go, go, run, tiger!
honorably in our nation's armed forces and you're looking for a way to continue serving your fellow veterans in your community, then join AMVETS. Each year, AMVETS members volunteer millions of hours at VA healthcare facilities from coast to coast, helping to improve the lives of their fellow veterans through the VA Voluntary Services Program. AMVETS posts and departments also participate in a wide variety of community service projects, ranging from Americanism in our schools to supporting the Special Olympics and Boy Scouts of America. If you no longer wear the uniform today, you can still serve through the AMVETS by joining today at AMVETS.org. You worked too hard, you ate too much, the cheesecake made you greedy. Let your aching head and stomach hear this message from Old Speedy. Alka-Seltzer, plop, plop, fizz, fizz, oh, what a relief it is. Plop, plop, fizz, fizz, oh, what a relief it is. Those Speedy bubbles relieve your upset stomach and headache fast. For acid indigestion alone, Alka-Seltzer Gold. Oh, what a relief it is. What a relief. Hi, Grandma. What's for dinner? Hey, honey, I'm making stew tonight. Ooh, can Nina come over? I'm not sure about our new friend. I wonder if there's been any drinking going on. Alcohol at her age can lead to so many bad things. I've been meaning to ask you, what would happen if someone offered you a drink? Grandma? This is hard. She's so young. But I know I need to talk to her about it now before someone tries to give her alcohol. If anyone ever does offer you a drink, I want you to say no. I have too much respect for my family, and I don't want to get in trouble. Okay. Really? I promise, Grandma. I love you, too. Okay, how about tasting the stew and telling me what you think? Mm. Some children may try alcohol as young as nine years old. It's not too early to talk about drinking. For tips on how to begin the conversation, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. That's underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. This message brought to you by SAMHSA and this station. I am the top banana in the world today. Now you know the best bananas in the land. So don't slip up with an inferior brand. When it says cheeky, it's a very good day to buy bananas. If you talk, they will hear you every single time. Oh, we're getting killed. Yeah. Well, Kyle's not here. How come? Kicked off the team. Didn't Tim tell After you? After saving with customized well, car insurance, I called Jake during the park a couple I of nights. I customized everything. Really? Yeah. Zero tolerance. He's out for the season. Come on, it's a first offense, right? That we know of. But why should that matter? He knew not to drink. I've made it clear to Matt. That's what we expect from him. What have you said to Tim? Um, nothing really. You know, a lot of kids try it at this age, so... Yeah, well, a lot of kids don't try it, too. I'm not saying that Matt's going to be this perfect kid, but if I don't tell him what we expect and why he shouldn't drink, how's he going to know? You think kids that age really listen? <laughs> they never admit it, though. But they hear more than you think. Talk. They hear you. For more information about talking with kids about underage drinking, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. Good morning. You're listening to the Mac and Jack Sports Show on Northeast Streaming Sports. 
Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the Mac, Jack, and Jim This Week in Sports special. We're on 8 to 10 a.m. every Sunday. I'm your host, Mac, with your co-host, Jack Hirsch, and Jim Jeffcoat, uh, live on Roku, YouTube, Facebook, and a bunch of other places later on. Folks, thanks for joining us. Always great views. Always great comments. Keep them coming. Uh, next up, guys, we got one of my favorite guys. He does a great job uh, behind the scenes for us. Sets up competitions. He's all over social media. One of the TikTok uh, kings out there with over 100,000 followers and uh, great, great at, at breaking down sports, especially Philly sports. Uh, but he's he can do everything. So let's bring on uh, one of my favorite guys here, the Philly sports guy, Jamie Pags. Good morning, Jamie. Huh? Wait a minute. Jamie, come on in. Pags. Hey, good morning. I was wondering, am I showing up? Am I not showing up? I didn't call him Pags. He's got look at that hat. Where did you get that hat from? This was a giveaway. This was a giveaway from the Phillies for Father's Day. Oh yeah, it looks like a giveaway, Pags. It really does. I'm not saying anything wrong with it, but you know, anyway. Um, so Pags, that's the biggest story right now in Philly sports is everything about the Phillies. First, you're winning. Second, you lose one of your best players. We don't know for how long. And third, you bring up a young pitcher. So let's let's take a look at that, Pags. Let's first look at, of course, Bryce Harper, Harper being knocked out and what that means to the Phillies. Uh, that, well, I mean, obviously he wasn't able to play the outfield, so but his bat was definitely back to MVP form last year. So I, I, it's going to be definitely a, a hole in the lineup a little bit. They're going to have to start to, to – play around with the leadoff spot again because I think you have to move Schwarber down to the number three spot or four spot depending on how that's all going to work out, which means that you need somebody to step up into the number one spot. All right. So so we got spots being moved. You're not going to miss him in the field, you don't think, Pags? Well, he hasn't been playing in the field all the season. You know, because of his shoulder. Yeah, because of his elbow. He hasn't been able to throw the ball. So he's yeah, been but, a DH now. Now that now that he loses bat for probably six to eight weeks. What I'm saying though is that shoulder injury eventually would have got better, right? You would imagine he would eventually got better where he might have been able to get in the field for y'all. But now that doesn't look at all possible uh, with this new injury that you guys got over there. Well, I mean, I don't know that answer. I I felt that, I mean, when they said that they needed surgery or else he wouldn't be able to play and he would be out for the rest of the season, I kind of felt that they were just pushing that off, that yeah. surgery is the only thing that's going to solve that problem. So now if it's going to heal on its own, you know, how is it like, all right, you can't throw the ball, but you can bat. I don't, I don't understand how that was not going to work or whatever. And he was still like, you know, Hooking elbows and such because it was his elbow was his problem, not his shoulder. Right. So maybe so, maybe 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 they do both at once, Pags. Knock them both out at once, right? Fix the well, fix his thumb, fix the elbow. Um, you know, whatever. I don't know. I don't know. How about how about the kid coming up? He's five and zero from. Uh, he's been playing pitching double A, triple A. Is this kid you think gonna make it here in Philly? I know he took off for a while. He got injured, came back, rehabbed, and now. Really lights out at AAA. Well, I mean, it took him a lot of time to get to this spot, you know. So now, and now he's getting you know, brought up by the Phillies. Uh, I, I I hope the kid does well. 
You know what I mean? It would it would start to solidify our starting rotation. It would allow certain things to happen back in the bullpen. We could move Ranger Suarez, I think, back to the bullpen, which is where I think he's better suited rather than as a starting pitcher. Would actually give us a little bit of strength back there as well because I feel that Ranger is really good for one or two inning at a time, not necessarily for the longevity. He like he's been getting out at five innings, and that's where they the batters have been figuring him out a little bit. But I think he's going to be better as a one or two inning guy, like maybe seventh eighth inning stuff. And where are you, where are you at? Where where are you at right now? I am in Cape May, New Jersey. Oh, oh yeah, looks You're beautiful. Not, it looks nice. Uh, yeah, I was going to try to do this on the beach, but it's uh, it's a little louder at the beach. Too much wind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pags. Let's get to the point. This is a day of celebration. I mean, Philadelphia football. The Stars going to the USL USFL <laughs> championship game. It's not that a USFL a- unless the Stars are in the championship. Out with the Phillies. That this is what he should have started out with. The Philadelphia Stars to the USFL championship game, upsetting the New Jersey Generals yesterday. Yes, they did. Yes, and not only that, but this is I mean, the USFL has only been in existence for four years. All four years, Philadelphia Stars have made it to the championship game. They only lost one, they lost their first one to Michigan. Uh, but the, now, now it's uh, we go up against an undefeated Birmingham staff. Well, they're not undefeated. They lost the Houston Gamblers. Remember the last game of the year? Oh, I didn't see that one. All right, yeah. I knew they were well, undefeated up to that. Well, Pags, yes, you know, Pags Jack brings up, you know, the big story I missed. We'll see how good how good his information is if he can name both quarterbacks on both teams and both running backs. <laughs> So we'll see. We'll see how much he's paying attention to the USFL. Can you give us those names, Jack? I haven't, Mac. I I've said it all along. I, the USFL has bored the heck out of me. I haven't been watching the USFL. I've watched I've watched parts of games to, basically towards the end. Like I'll scan the channel. I'll see seven minutes left on the game. I'm going to watch it. Like the general star game yesterday. I mean. You know, the penalties there at the end of the game in the New Orleans-Birmingham. New Orleans-Birmingham had like six plays in a row that there were penalties in the last minute and a half, and it was brutal. It was brutal. Every call was a penalty. And even the commentator is arguing with Mike Pereira over a call, you know, that he thought was wrong, shouldn't have been called. It was. It's not the best product, I'll be honest about it. But it – but – the bottom line is the Philadelphia Stars are representing the city of Philadelphia. It's not going to be nearly as big as the Eagles, not even remotely. But it is a source of pride if you have a team from your city, you know, I'll, win some listen, type of title. Listen, I'll be totally honest with you. As you know, I'm involved in semi-pro football. I've seen some semi-pro football games that are better than what they're putting on at <laughs> USFL right now. And yeah. it's a shame that these – you know, these commentators, I would hate to be a commentator on, on Fox, what is Fox, right? And commenting on these games because it's just like, uh, what are they doing out there? I mean, it's just, it's, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, I, I have nothing against USFL. Hopefully, it makes it and finds some traction somewhere. So, Pax, let's get to the Eagles, right? <laughs> you guys got a great receiver over there that a lot of people are starting to compare to Terrell Owens right now. And that's good and it's bad. So, 
you know, you, you've got, you know, you got AJ over there and he's talking this stuff and he's talking about the Cowboys and he's talking about all this stuff. And, and AJ wasn't right away with Tennessee when Tennessee was, was winning. Now AJ came in a little later, you know, Tennessee had already been in the playoffs. So here comes this wide receiver new to town talking all this smack, you know, uh, saying a lot of things to the Cowboys talking how great he is and he's the best. And this team's going to listen, I'm all for talking a little smack, but you got to go out in the field. You got to prove yourself and prove that he's not going to be some kind of cancer in that, in that locker room, because you got a young quarterback there right now, Pags, and you know, anything can happen right now. Well, they're the best of friends. That's the reason why they came here. That's the reason why that he was worked out to get here. They've been working out in the, the off season before all this came about. Uh, this has been worked on for a little while so that they knew Tennessee was not going to give them the money <clears throat> and that the Eagles were. So I obviously you could say whatever you want. All the bap, 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 and that happens now. I don't listen to anybody could say anything. Truth of the matter is, is you got to put it on the field. When you start winning me championships, I'll start listening more to what you got to say. Until that point, you could talk all you want. I don't care. I want to see it on the field. I listen, I'm just I'm just I'm just putting a scenario towards you that some people are a little concerned about down in Philadelphia that maybe he's a little too much uh outspoken, maybe he's a little too much braggadocious. Because you know something, I don't care who you are. If I'm playing on the defense and this guy's talking smack uh all week and he's talking smack during the game, I'm gonna I might throw a couple little extra hits on him. I might get him a little razzled too. And see if I can get him a little unwounded. And you know, I'm just saying, Pags, Terrell Owens was a great, great wide receiver, but he shook a turn tear, tear a team up in a, in a minute, in a minute if he wanted to. As long as he's performing well, I think Pags makes a good point. If he's performing well, it doesn't mean anything. I mean, you got to go out there and prove it. If he's performing at a high level, then nobody's gonna think about that, what he said. But if he's not. That's what's going to be brought back. Well, he said this and that, and he didn't follow through. Right. Well, and that's kind of what I believe. I, I feel like that they can chirp all they want. Doesn't make a, it doesn't make a, 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 a stitch of difference. You know, when they get on the field, that's where you got to start backing up everything that you talk about. And he can talk all he wants. You know what? And I hope the other players talk back to him. You know what I mean? But yeah, if, if that means that player is going to take a little bit of a, a cheap shot or a dirty hit on him. Well, he's, sometimes you get what you deserve. You yeah. want to keep talking like that. That means I am. You want to talk with the big boys. You got to play with the big exactly. boys too. And that brings up a good point. Is he a Terrell Owens caliber player, AJ Brown, at this point in his career? I can't speak intelligently about that because I haven't seen the whole body of his work. You know, mm -hmm. he has, he plays in the AFC up to this point. Yeah, I hear how great he is. I'd like to see it. You know, I, it, there's supposed to be some chemistry between him and the quarterback. I'm interested to see it. You mm -hmm. know, it's it's all hearsay until until I see it on the field. Because I, you know, the focal point on that offense was the running back. It was Derrick Henry. He's going to be the focal point of this <laughs> offense. Don't you agree? Well, I I mean it's. I think it's going to be him and Devontae Smith. Oh, yeah. I but... think that Devontae is going to get his. So yeah. I think that's going to give a little bit more time open that you're going to see 
weeks that, you know, the number one receiver is going to have to cover Devontae and then A.J. Brown's going to be more open and then uh, it's going to flip-flop back and forth. So I believe that it, this is – that was what the balance is going to be about. You know, that's where this is going to have to be a balanced attack because we also have Dallas Goddard. We also have a couple of running backs who could run really well. You know, so I think that Sanders is probably going to get his 10 to 15 carries a game. I think Gainwell is going to make a big jump this year and, and you know, taking uh, getting the ball somewhere around 10 times a game. Well, you only have about 50 to 60 offensive plays a game. So that means you're going to get so you got to get some to AJ Brown. You got to get some to Devontae Smith. You got to get some to Dallas Goddard, you know, and then there's a couple other people that want to get in the mix too. So, yeah, but I've been arguing last year, Serrano wasn't committed to running the ball. Right. I was just going there. He was the second half of the season. He they started to change the eagles. We had the best running attack in in the NFL. So let me so let me let me let me follow what what Jim is saying. The Eagles had the best running attack in the NFL last year. Why are you gonna come away from that? Why why all of a sudden you're gonna open it up? I mean, you want the big plays, definitely, but why are you gonna divide these, you know, the ball between you know AJ and 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 you're gonna you know make sure people get their touches. Why don't you go with what works, and then and then offset that with the throw? That's you know a lot of teams make mistake pags where something works really well and they try something else and it ends up being all screwed up. Who says that they're not? I'm just saying we're talking yeah, about. Who says that they're not? I I haven't seen their playbook this year. I haven't well, seen how they decided to well, play these what games. What they're talking, what they're talking, what the coaches talking is, he's going to open it up more this year. That's Sounds a lot like gamesmanship to me. Maybe. maybe. Well, the question is, with Jalen Hurts as your quarterback, is he the type of quarterback you can open things up with? I kind of question that's a good that. Question. That's that's the hard part. They, you know, like they said, the one thing that I thought last year that they never took advantage of was that Quez Watkins was the fastest guy on the field most of the time. And the problem was is that when he did a burner fly pattern, that he wasn't able to get the ball to him. That it was that ball was rainbowed, and that is like any defender, you know, was out there like getting a fair catch, you know. And that's that's the problem that you have with him. Now he's got a lot more strength on him now. You can say he's definitely built up some muscle. Now I hope that doesn't give him the Donovan McNabb effect where he starts throwing the balls into the ground. So there's a lot of things that are going to have to take part in this. Do I expect do I expect that all of a sudden they're going to go from a run first team to a pass first team? No. It's all part of transition. And this season is not last season. So we'll have to see exactly how they call things and how they how they do things. My yeah. expectation is is that they're going to run the ball about 48% of the time and pass 52% of the time. And that's about a good mix. The AJ signing, I kind of question because he's coming to Philadelphia expecting to be the guy, the number one receiver on the team. And you have Devonta Smith, who's ready to take off and be a star. Miami's doing the same thing. They signed Tyreek Hill. They have Waddle, who's ready to take off, who had a great rookie year. And I don't know, Jim, have you ever been on a team where one prima donna wide receiver has messed up the chemistry? No, I haven't, but you make a good point because you got these Devontae Smith, 
and you got to get him as touches because he's a special player. Yeah. I don't care what you say. That guy is a special player. Is A.J. Brown being there going to hinder him or help him? And that's the question you have to ask because I think Devontae Smith, I was worried about his size, but that's not been an issue with him. Not at all. He reminds me of another Smith, Steve. Yeah. Was really yeah. small, too small yeah, for the NFL. But yes. was, I mean, all yes. pro all the time. Yeah, he was a tiger, that's for sure. So, so the the next question with you: all this money the Eagles have been the Eagles have been spending a lot of money offseason tags. Their salary cap situation is the second worst in the NFL right now. So, I guess as the players get older and you release them, the, the cap comes down a little bit. So. This is like a two-year plan for the Eagles pack. They want to go for it. I think that's what they're saying with all these free agents they signed for. What do you think down the road? I mean, you got a great a great GM to me over there, uh, you know, coming up with a lot of different uh, things to get free agents in there and get the right people in there. So what do you think? Do you think this is going to hinder them by year two, year three? No. Look at the Rams. The Rams have been signing people left and right. What are they – they got to be the worst cap, yeah, with worse with the cap right now. Thanks the worst. Believe, it not, believe it or not, New Orleans is the worst right now. You're I, second believe, I, I figure the Giants are probably somewhere up there too. I, that just means the money that they have this year. I, I'm not concerned about next year or the following year. I, I, I got a concern about this year. We got one year to play. Let's see what we can do to try to get it, make a big step. I have the Eagles going to the NFC Championship game. I cannot see beyond that game. All I see is that they could make this jump and get to the NFC Championship game. Now, does that mean if they don't make it to the NFC Championship game that it's a disappointment to me? Not necessarily if they make it to the playoffs and they do a good run. Now, if if we have a quarterback that does not move forward and falls backwards some because of everything that happens, well, then, then it's a disappointing season. But they put everything that they could to say, okay, this is going to be our guy we're going to go ahead and try to make everything possible and work here. And, you know, I got to say, all right, let's go for it. But Pax, Howie Roseman has done such a good job as GM. He's accumulated some very nice draft capital going forward, looking at the quarterback classes, and he could accumulate more if he wants to defer it an extra year and really get a stud quarterback out of college if it doesn't work out with Jalen Hurts. And even if Jalen Hurts is good, they might go to – if they could get a great college quarterback, someone who's projected to be a great pro, Jalen Hurts might only be at Philly one or two more years, even if he performs relatively well. I, I, I absolutely agree. I said that we had to give Jalen Hurts 10 games, 10 games this season. That's that's now, that doesn't mean they're going to pull him after 10 games and that they've read the other seven games are not going to be played with him. I mean, unless he gets hurt or what have you. But I think that he gets 10 games to prove his worth. And after 10 games, if his worth is not proven, that they have to start to make moves to start to think about getting another quarterback. Well, I know Jim likes Jalen Hurts a lot. I think he, I think Jim thinks Jalen could – really be a good quarterback in the league. I like Jalen too, but but his ceiling is only so high. Well, I don't know if he – see, everybody likes to say that his ceiling is only up here or only so high. Truth of the matter is is that you're not that young man. So only he could determine what his ceiling is. 
So if he wants to go ahead and improve, he's had a father who's been a, a quarterback's coach. He worked well. They brought in all these people specifically for him to be able to do well. You know, like he's got a quarterback's coach that he's worked with all of his life. He's got his best friend who is now his wide receiver, A.J. Brown. You know, he's he's done all of the things that he's needed to do to improve. Went to go work with Tom Brady all offseason long. So got to tell me that he's at least put in the work and put he's got the attitude to try to be better. Now that now can he be better? That's a different story. That's where the play on the field is going to dictate that. Truth of the matter is, though, is that he's put in all that work to do that. My expectation is, is that he is going to be better. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Let's talk a little quick thing about hockey with you, uh, Pags. Joel Faraby undergoing displacement surgery. Will miss the beginning of the season. They, they, they don't know how many games or, or, or what. The Flyers are going a little younger. How is this going to affect them in the beginning of the season, Pags? Joel Farabee was, uh, I mean, is an okay player, but he's not going to be the end-all, be-all to this team. Uh, we're going to see what what type of mark this coach is going to put on this team. Uh, I, after watching, after watching the Stanley Cup and watching the playoffs, we see exactly how far away the Flyers are. That's not going to be done in one season's time. You know, I have I have very little faith in this general manager. And I, I have, you know, I have very strong feelings about the Flyers. I love to see them do better. Like I said, and like you said, the NHL is a better product when Philadelphia has got a good team. Yeah. The problem is, is that I don't see this team progressing well enough. I don't see the kids making the step. I don't see the rookies that are going to be coming up that are going to be making the difference. There are still big, big holes in our team we don't have a shooter we don't have a goal scorer and that's the problem that's the problem with the flyers right now in total there's nobody to put the puck in the back of the net that you can rely on on any realistic sense and the fact that they continued to try to figure out how to keep jvr instead of going after some of these other names out there that bothers me that bothers me because that means that they have no clue on what the team needs or what the the fans are even talking about. So I have a real frustrating problem with this franchise at the moment. I mean, there's some teams that just, you know, it's the same thing in baseball and football. When certain teams are really good, it just makes the league that much better. You know, and and, uh, I think Philadelphia and the Hockey League is one of those teams. uh, When they're good, the, the league is better. It's more competitive. It's more interesting. So well, Pags- this is where this is where I believe that Tortorella is going to have to make a really big stand <laughs> here. He's got to come in and get these players playing above their their ceiling. They have to come out 100% energy and fired up all the time because that's the only thing that's going to do it. Their heart has got to be stronger than their talent because they ain't got it right now. They ain't got the talent. They got to have the heart. And that's what they brought Tortorella for. That's what they brought him in for. So Is he giving full control Tortorella? Because he has a rep as a no-nonsense guy who doesn't take anything from anyone. Is he giving full control of the team? I I hope so. I hope so. 
Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. I'm not a big fan. I'm not a big fan of how the executives, how the executive portion of this franchise has operated for the last couple of years. I've been very vocal about it. I've actually been very, very vocal on this show specifically about it, where I, I feel that this this team will not win a championship as long as the heads are still in place. You don't even know who the owner of the Flyers or the president of the Flyers is anymore. His name is David Scott, you know, but you don't ever even know who it is. You knew, you knew Ed Snyder. Ed Snyder was in the forefront. He was the one that would do the talking for this franchise. He would say what would need to have happen. He made mistakes. But there was never a doubt on that he wanted to win. And right now you have the biggest problem that I feel that you don't even know if this franchise wants to win a game because there's not enough showing from people above, you know, above the ice where the yeah. people are supposed to be proving everything that you can. I mean, I've heard some rumors, and, and I'll go ahead and say this out there, that some of their marketing team out there, instead of having Flyers gear all over the place, have Dallas Cowboys gear. In their office. And I tell you, if I was to ever work in that office, the first thing that would go is anything that is not Flyers related. You know, not nothing against, you know, I you know I hate the Cowboys anyways, but we're in Philadelphia. You can't have that mentality. And if you're in the marketing division trying to do whatever you can to promote Philadelphia, you can't have Dallas Cowboys stuff in your office. Just my opinion. That, you know, and you can like that team whatever you want. You know, I don't care about that. Keep it at home. This is a Flyers office, and we're in Philadelphia. You don't have Dallas Cowboys stuff hanging up. Just my opinion. And that that's goes across the board with all of that stuff. I, I, wouldn't expect, I wouldn't expect the Dallas Cowboys guy, you know, working in the marketing department, to have to have things up from Golden State Warriors. Would not I would not accept I that. I know Jerry Jones wouldn't accept it. I expect that the, the franchise that, that – that the executives in this franchise should have this same situation going on. And the fact that they do not tell me they do not have the heart, they do not have the care to win because they don't want to do all the small things that it takes to win. And that's some of the problem. That's yeah. the problem with Comcast owning a team. That well, you know, corporate. that's very well said. And the Yankees went through that when CBS owned them, where we didn't even know who the hell the owner was or who the GM was, and they just put out a team and they didn't care. So I, I, I know the frustration – uh, Pags. So, folks, Pags will also be on a new part. We're, we're redoing our Roku network. Pags will bring, be bringing you a morning show on Roku also of, of all of Philadelphia sports, his takes on it. you got to tune in uh, starting Monday, folks, tomorrow. We have a lot of shows flying at you all over the place, uh, trying to run it consecutively. Pags is part of that Monday through Wednesday, and it should be a lot of fun. So we're going to have Pags on there, and, of course, you know, Pags is all over the place, folks. If you want to really see what he does, go to his TikTok site where he does all his film work. He's tremendous, tremendous at producing and getting things and editing things together to put on board as he showed us with the uh, arm wrestling competition. So, Pags, can't wait to see your show tomorrow. You have a great day. And if you need anything, you let me know, my friend, okay? you Contact me. We might need you to step in on the morning show. Who knows? Because you know the, the kind of situation I'm in. So we might need you to do that too. So uh, hopefully uh, that will all come to uh, fruition. I think that's the word, right? And I, I went to that, is, that was a good good use of that word, fruition. I yes. used I use, I use a three-syllable word. I haven't done that in years. There you go. Hey, listen, I, real quick before I go. So uh, on Friday, we were talking about you, Jim, about your golf game. And how that your golf game is like pretty pathetic. 
It is pretty pathetic. So do you have a handicap? Yeah, picking up the golf clubs. That you see now that's now now that means you and I could probably play golf together because every time I get on a golf course, everybody who plays with me never wants to play with me again. Well, Well, my daughter, she feels bad for me, so she plays with me. Right, there you go. So you have to bring a whole whole big bag of golf balls because I lose them all the time. Right. Yes. Yes. I defended you, Jim, like when we were talking. To oh, my God. The whole I don't Jim's not really an <laughs> all-around athlete like you, Byron. So, you know, you could be excused for having a poor golf game. You know, Byron does like- so well at golf is because nobody can hit him. That's why he's so good at it, you know. He didn't want to go across the middle. He really yeah. didn't want to block. He got his jaw broken. Oh, he got his jaw broken going over the middle. It. That's why he agreed with me. He picks the pile. You know. Oh, uh, goodness. <laughs> you know, you know, Jack always stirs things up between everybody. And I watch he him does. on all the shows. Oh, I believe me, when Pags is doing a show, I'm watching, I'm listening to everything he says. So that when other guests come on or if he talks smack about me, I'll be ready for him next show. So I, <laughs> I, I, I am always ready for Jack. Bags I had again. to make sure to get it in. I had to make good, sure to good. let I'm Jack glad you did, Bags. I'm glad you did, yeah. Bags. I'm glad you got that in because golf is not an athletic sport. It's a skill. Well, Max right. says it's That's not what a he sport. Said. That's what Max says. Sport. You yep. can't win. You can only play. Yeah, they even right. said that. They even said that in the legend That's of Bagger Vance. That's true. Nobody's trying to tackle you when you're trying to putt. If somebody was trying to tackle you, I, I'm off. I, I, I got a confession, guys. When I was young, they gave you a free game of miniature golf if you could get a hole-in-one in the last shot. I used to take the ball, and I used to roll it. I never hit it with the club, and I got a few free games that way. It figures, Jack. Jack, Jack making confessions of the heart here yeah. right on the <laughs> <laughs> Statutes of limitations have expired. So I can't get in trouble for that anymore. I don't know. There's some. There's some. Uh, there's some golf board right now that's listening to the show that's trying to look up your address right now, Jack. Just uh, <laughs> go and get his ball back. Pags, again, thanks. Have a great weekend, my friend. I can't wait to see your show tomorrow. Take care, my friend. All right, guys. All right, have a great guys. one. All right. So there you go, folks. The Philly sports guy, Jamie Pags, who does a great job filling in for me. And is a great host and does a lot of stuff. So tomorrow he'll be on the Roku channel. Also, uh, check it out, folks. It's going to be dynamite all all morning till the afternoon, show after show. And I'm trying to do that. I learn as I go, and that's my problem. I don't listen or read things. I try things. And it normally comes out, it works, after my wife uh, comes over and says, well, if you just did this, it would work. And, and that, that's how it works. So that's... Oh, I Mac, so, it's like sports. It's a win now mentality. You got to right. win now. Right. We got to win now. That's exactly right, Jack. And thanks for pumping me up. We'll be right back after these messages, folks. Tito's presents Chester Cheetah. I'm Chester Cheetah. I'm just a cool dude in a loose mood. Until I see those Cheetos. Then my cool turns to drool. My style and ease surrender to my urge for the snack that goes crunch. It's not easy being cheesy. Cheetos cheese flavored snack. Cheese that goes crunch. When you hear the word asthma, you probably think of shortness of breath, coughing, or inhalers. 
lots of things can trigger asthma, but the fact is that asthma doesn't just attack, it can kill. But with proper medical management, asthma is controllable. If you experience shortness of breath, wheezing, tightness in your chest, or persistent nighttime coughing, you may have asthma. See your doctor and get the facts. You'll breathe easier. For more information, call 211-INFOLINE. A message from the Connecticut Department of Public Health. Keeping Connecticut healthy. Here comes the king, here comes the big number one. But why the fear the king is second to none? Just say, but wiser, you've said it all. Here comes the king of this choices. When it comes to alcohol, kids make choices whether to drink or not. Bye-bye. Remember, I'm going to Alex's party tonight and sleeping over. Hey, have a seat for a second. Remind me about that party again. And adults make choices whether to talk about it. That's true of parents and every other trusted adult in a kid's life. Kids want to know our expectations when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. They want guidance and honest answers to their questions. And it makes a difference when the message is consistent and part of everyday conversations. So talk with your kids and help lead them on a positive path. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. see right now without LeBron, Lakers are, are struggling. Let me tell you about a team I hate, all right? I know the Dallas Cowboy fan is here, so I had to make sure he knew how much I hate this Oh, team. I'm ready. I've often said that the people who run baseball, they try very hard to ruin it. I'm from Brooklyn. I don't have a problem saying it to his face. Oh, Brooklyn. Hey, is it he? Hometown Foundation is excited to bring back the Dream Ride Experience, August 26th to the 28th at Connecticut's Farmington Polo Club. Join us in celebrating the accomplishments of our Dream Riders while enjoying live music, a car and motorcycle show, family fun zone, pet adoptions, canine demonstrations, the Fireman's Chili Cook-Off, and much, much more. Get your tickets today. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the Back Jack and Chims. This week's in sports show, tremendous views, tremendous comments. We love doing this show for you guys, and I'm glad you guys uh, love us back. It's it's really it's really fun to see all the uh, the viewers and comments we get on this show every week, um, and that's because we got a great chemistry, me, Jack, and Jim. We kind of we throw things out there, we have fun with it, we have fun with our guests, and 
and we bring you the best information we can and different opinions, different angles on all the stories uh, that come up uh, during the week. What I like to do with you guys today is kind of have a little fun here at the end. I mean, Jim, you're really, you know, you're, you're huge in football, a legend in Dallas, a legend in the NFL, really, if, I, if I'm being totally honest. But I know you like baseball and you like basketball and you participated probably in them sports, at least in high school. I know you're a wrestler. I mean, I know there's a lot of things that you did in sports. So if you had a chance to go back in time right now, you're, you're 21 years old. And and the, and the pay is the same now, right now, at at your age. I mean, this is the money you make. This is the new rules. This is the way these sports are run. I mean, would you do football again, or maybe play first base in baseball? Maybe be a power forward, and and which you could play in basketball if you were good enough to do that. I mean, if there was a sport right now, at you know, at 21 years old, same Jim Jeffcoat. Uh, but with these new changes in sports, which would be your favorite? Baseball. Baseball. I'd be at first base spin in baseball. And and I, why, I, why why Jim? Why I, why why not football? Why not? He'd be like Frank Thomas. You'd remind me of the big yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I just always had a my dad had a love for baseball and I watched him play. And I, you know, I've obviously been a Yankees fan forever. And it's just that uh, I want and nothing against football, but I enjoy baseball. But a lot of you talk about golf. It's a skill to play baseball because you have to have the eye. You have to have some of different kind of athleticism to be a really good baseball player. And basketball, no way, Jim. You wouldn't want it. You want one. No, I like basketball. It's not that. But baseball, I just the just the being on the field, being outside, having the opportunity to go out there and compete in that sport. Was there nothing against basketball? I enjoy it, but baseball has always been my favorite. Jim, but yeah. does it, doesn't your position have something to do with it? Because there were other, you know, Kyla Murray and John Elway, outstanding baseball players. Elway could have played for the Yankees and probably been an all-star, would have been my guess. Kyla Murray, shortstop for the Oakland A's. But they picked football because being a quarterback is special. You're a leader. You have the spotlight on you. And some of that, though, but you look at Kirk Gibson. Kirk Gibson would have been a first-rounder in football. But he chose baseball, and he became an all-star in baseball. And you see it all the time. Deion Sanders, Bo Jackson. There are guys that were good in other sports. But it's something Leon about was a better football player than he ever could have been a baseball player. So I you don't have to consider if that. Focused on it. I don't. Well, what about Bo Jackson? Bo Jackson kind of primarily did pick baseball a little bit over football, slightly, but it was going both ways. I think Bo Jackson might have been the best athlete if he would have stayed. If he could have stayed healthy, it regardless of what sport he picked, baseball yeah. or football. Yeah, I think he's a great idiot. And you're wrong, Jeff. Really, Deion Sanders had a better career in baseball than Bo Jackson did. If you look at the stats, Deion Deion had better stats than than Bo Jackson. He was a very good baseball player. Yes, he was a very good baseball player. You know, Mac and myself on our debate show, Jim, we had a question we debated over. Michael Jordan loves golf. He can't get enough of golf. I mean, to this day. If Michael Jordan could have been the next Tiger Woods, as good as Tiger Woods, 
and maintained it. What would and he could have only had one golf, a basketball. We know how great he was at basketball. And keep in mind, the endorsement money would have been the same. Tiger Woods made Michael Jordan type money. What would Michael Jordan have picked? That was an intriguing question. That is an intriguing question. He would have taken golf to be able to do that 24 hours a day. Oh, yeah. Know? He could have been on all the way up to the senior store and things yeah. of that nature. And that's the thing is that I think he probably would have, if he had the background, he might have picked golf. I and his family would have been great in golf. I don't think so. I think his tenacity, his competitiveness. Uh, but you think about his his mindset. He would have been a great golfer. I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know if you could be that intense and be a great golfer. I think you got to be a little late. I think back. some of those golfers, uh, Nickel Mickelson and Tiger, are pretty intense. Oh, and please. it's the, oh, the focus on it. Yeah, maybe. So, you Jack, walk out and you play golf. You see how difficult it is. Uh, I'm not saying it's not difficult. I'm just saying that compared to a sport where you're running up and down a court and competing against great athletes at all times, compared to hitting the golf ball, big difference. So, I Jack. Think, I, I disagree. I disagree. I think, I mean, because there are some great athletes that play golf and at the pro level. Tony Woods was a pretty good athlete. Oh, and you know, Nicholson and some of those guys that win those major tournaments. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, after they're done hitting the the, the ball around, they go to work out and, you know, they go do whatever they want to do. No, they walk those. Jack, stop, stop taking lead here. Jack, I got I, no, 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 no. I don't want you to Jack. Not you. What would you have picked, Jack? I mean, suppose you were athletic enough, and you could, you were good and big enough to play a wide receiver, or maybe a a, a point guard or shooting guard, or play baseball. What would you? What would, would I you think have? sports in your personality, no matter how much talent. Let's say I had tremendous talent to play football. It wasn't going to be my personality. Like we kid about getting hit going over the middle, and I, you know, base. It would have been baseball. Jack, you, I were was at, Jack, you were boxing. You were getting hit all the time. What are you talking it's, about? It, but it's different in boxing. You feel you don't have to get hit. You feel <laughs> you could defend yourself in football. There's nowhere to hide. The Joe Lewis thing about Billy Khan, He can run, but he can't hide. You kind of can hide to a degree in boxing. In football, you have to get hit. There's no escaping it. No escaping it. And if you try to escape it, your performance goes down tremendously. Okay? Uh, it would have been baseball. I was really a great little league player. But when I got to a higher level, I was 16, 17. We played at the parade grounds. Great competition, big league scouts. Still, all of a sudden, I started finding myself on the bench, and I saw why. Because when I played little league on the way up from eight years old, the pitchers I found out late on couldn't pitch. They threw a flat ball, and I was always able to hit it all over the place. And you get up to a higher level, you introduce the curve balls, breaking balls, sliders, and that separates the men from the boys ultimately. Who goes further? Who doesn't? Right, right, but, but, I but, think yeah. every kid just about who's been introduced to baseball wants to be a major league player. You have a lot of kids in the inner city. Unfortunately, they've never had a chance to play baseball. They've only basically played basketball, and that's why basketball is their dream. If you could introduce more kids in the inner city to baseball, Baseball would take off in their minds. That would be a dream of theirs if they could play in leagues. So so would you both agree with this statement? In the city, basketball is 
bigger. But in the country, baseball and football are bigger. No. no? And the only reason I say that is because you look at some of the kids. John Moran is from a town in South Carolina. Larry Bird was from Fritz Licks, Indiana. So I don't know if you can say that. Basketball has an appeal to it. Baseball is more of a thinking man's sport. It's like a chess game. Uh, they say that. I don't believe that. They they don't believe basketball's it. big in Indiana. What do you mean basketball? Yeah, but what I'm yeah. saying is he well, just well, said the country as opposed well, to the city. Well, first, first, let's 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 dispel that rumor that baseball is a thinking man's game. It is not. They don't have playbooks they have to to read that that are biggest dictionaries and read defense. Well, let me finish, Jim. Now, one time when they played small ball, you could make an argument for that. They really don't do that anymore. They 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 they're swinging for the fences or they're striking out or walking. There's no more. Uh, I saw a, a suicide squeeze. I almost fell out of my chair. A safety squeeze. I almost fell out of my chair. In fact, I saw a batter at a college level actually go the other way. Hitting mm -hmm. the ball because they, they, I've been told they can't do that. But it used to be a thinking man's game to a point, Jim. I mean, I think it work. is. Here's the thing: uh, Cecil Fielder is one of my good friends, right. and if you remember, Cecil went over to Japan. And what was Cecil's issue? He told me this personally. He said I couldn't hit the jump pitches. You know, everybody can hit a fastball, but the curves is off. Uh, the slow pitches and everything, that's what you got to learn to do in baseball to be successful. The successful hitters can hit all those pitches. You ever, ever know, how many times do you see true fastballs? Listen, listen Jim, Jim, that, that was the way way back when, when Cecil Fielder played. It's changed. These guys can't hit the junk like they used to. They don't go the other way like they used to. They don't bunt like they used to. They don't run and steal bases like they used to. They don't do hit and runs. They don't do they done all that stuff is pretty much all gone from baseball. Right, so you right. have a manager, you have a manager. I'm telling you, Jim, that's the truth. You have a manager right now that sits down and basically says, hit the ball as far as you can. And that's it. It's changed very much. That's sports, Mac. And I, I support it. It's the same way in football. They're no longer grinding out three, four yards at a time. They want to stretch the field. It's become a passing league. That's yeah, the you, version of long ball in the NFL. But you can't, no, no, yeah. no, no. You can't, you can't compare reading a book this long and reading offenses and defenses to a baseball book that is what this. You can't compare. But you got to know who you. Obviously, in baseball, you got to know the pitcher right. or the batter that you're facing, even you, the runner. Jim, I agree. Jim, I agree with What's you. The strategy? I, I listen. I listen to this great baseball. Uh, uh, show here in Connecticut with one of the ex pitchers from the Cincinnati Reds. He was he was a relief pitcher, and he said they used to break down film every game. They knew they had notes on what the batters were, what they, what their tendencies were. They don't do that anymore. They still, oh, they do it all the time. No, they not like they. Listen, I'm yeah, talking to a guy. Yeah. Who, Jack, I'm talking to guys a major leaguer who's still attached to it. I'm telling you, they don't do it like they used to. This is what the man's saying. I ain't gonna take yeah. your word over his. Go ahead, Jack. Yeah, but here's the thing, too, is technology is different than there. They took notes on them, but they everything is visual now. I'm sure they're looking at okay, this picture does this. You see this, the hitches and everything. Okay, this batter does this when he 
And this is how we because they wouldn't know how to pitch them if they didn't study them. I listen, Jim. I, I listen, listen, Jim. I'm telling you what this 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 ball player is telling me is saying on the radio. They don't do it like they used to. They used to have a pitcher's uh, a pitcher's room where they all got together and discussed. All they don't do that anymore, Jim. They really don't. I mean, I'm not saying they don't do it at all. I'm saying they don't do it with as much zest as they used to. Uh-huh. And, as far, and as far as the NFL changing, Jack, listen, the, the plays, whether they're throwing or running the ball, whether you're pulling guards or you're, you're doing motion, I mean, I could go on and on for hours about that. You can't even compare that to football, to baseball. There's no way. You have got to know a, a tremendous amount to play football. Basketball, to me, and baseball are pretty much on the same even par now. They do a lot more one-on-one on baseball. Everyone wants basically, no pun intended, for sports, the long ball. In basketball, it's the three-point shot now. Players are continuously taking football. It's stretching the field, passing as opposed to running. In baseball, it's the beginning as opposed to grinding out one run at a time. Unless you have an exceptional pitcher going for you. If you have a great pitcher, okay, maybe you tried to build for a runner too early. But in just about every case, they play for the big innings now. It's a good good point. Yeah, but here's the point you got to think about basketball. You say all this, but the last three MVPs have been Europeans. And why is that? Good point. Good point, skill. Jim. Learning good skill. Point. Good point, Jim. Great game. point. Great point, Jim. And you know, I, I was just thinking that uh, about a week ago, watching all the the new players in 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 basketball coming from Europeans that are playing team basketball and are really together and have a lot of chemistry. And it's the same thing. You know, I'm going a little off off base here with boxing. Boxing right now is more of a European white guy sport. Right, you got these people coming over from Ukraine, from Russia, from the Eastern Bloc countries, and we and we don't have any more uh, uh, black champions here. And and you know, it, it kind of no, well, not true. Let me finish. I'm going heavyweight first, Jack, and then we'll work our way yeah. down. I'm just saying we don't have we don't have the Muhammad Ali's and the Joe Frazier's, you know, yeah. and it's kind of ticking me off a little bit. But what I think is. Is that these kids are turning to the other sports because you're going to make more money, more guaranteed money than you? Boxing is a is a crapshoot, right, Jack? I mean, you might make money, you might not make money. Yeah, boxing is strange. You could be the greatest athlete in the worst box, and you could be the worst ath- athlete in the greatest box. So somehow, it's you know, it's a very athletic sport, but the skill level trumps the athleticism. It's so hard to explain. I mean, if you put these boxes, the greatest boxes in any superstar type competition, chances are they would finish, you know, towards the bottom. They used it, to do that, remember? The superstar. Like we joke used- about, yeah, we joke about Two Tall Jones, for example, great football player. <clears throat> But it, boxing's a different thing. I remember when they tried to get Wilter Still Chamberlain to fight Muhammad mm-hmm. Ali. Wilt backed out smartly. But it would have been an utter mismatch. Uh, but there were people out there who actually believed Wilt had a chance. And he had, he had about as much chance as training Muhammad Ali for six months and putting him on the court opposite yeah, Kobe yeah. Bryant at guard yeah. and thinking Ali could get the better of it. Yeah, but uh, Pickles brings up a good point. 
boxing is also a global sport and yeah. basketball are global sports. They're both. They're in everywhere. It's easy to pick up a basketball and play because you don't need a lot of yeah. equipment. Yeah, and that's when you got to understand in boxing, you don't need a lot to get true. to box. Very true. You can bare knuckle it if you want to. I've seen yeah, that. You really yeah. can. Yeah, it's 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 it's. I just wanted to know you, you guys, what your preferences were. You know, I, if 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 you had to do it all again in today's in today's sports, you know, I, you know, I, I had some success playing football, and and I got hurt, and I was being scouted, and I had to step away from baseball because of my family issues, but my father always said you would have been a great baseball player. He had great eye, play a hot third base. And was a pretty good pitcher. He said you mm -hmm. were so relaxed, and maybe I might have chose that. Maybe instead of playing football, maybe I would chose baseball in today's uh, in today's the way the world is today. But I just can't get that football, Jim. That football competition and war, just I mean, it just it does something inside me. You know what I mean? I just would like to go to, and I love football. Don't get me wrong, but go to the park and play baseball. I mean, it's such yeah. more, it was fun. It was yeah. fun. Uh, I, I want to tell you, but you look at a guy who you could relate to, like Michael Strahan, okay? Mm -hmm. And they asked Michael Strahan a few years ago, and he had everything going for himself in TV and money and these deals. He was saying, oh, would I give it all up if he could be out there again playing football? Like, have a do-over for the Giants. It was fun. Time. It was and that's great. Even though he would take a, probably make less money, just to be out there playing football, you know, uh, he kind of was reminiscing, you know, he would give it, you know, give up the rest. I don't know about right now, but. And don't get me wrong. I enjoyed my football career. But if I if I could do anything, right. I would have been a baseball player. That's right right today. That's yeah. what I wanted yeah. to know. Uh, Jim wouldn't if you want to know why. Because if he had options, Jerry Jones would have had a way to talk him out of it. And he would be in the <laughs> cowboy <laughs> uniform. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry would sit down, young man, you have a future here with the Cowboys. You know, we yes. have plans for you. Jerry Jones wouldn't have let, let Jim go that route. No, no, I don't think so either. You know, and Jerry's you know, persuasive, right, Jim? Yes, he is. He, yes, is, he is very persuasive. He yeah. gets you on that. He gets you on that. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know, who knows what will happen. Anything can happen. He had Jimmy Johnson behind him. What the hell are you doing, Jim, deciding you, to play baseball? You, hey, Mr. Jimmy, Jimmy would probably say, Jim Jeff go go get the heck go. He might. But, hey, I went to the game against the Rangers and the Phillies last week. It was yeah. a day game, and I really enjoyed. I love the strategy. And you yeah. talk about they were moving the field. They had a a um, right hand hitter. Oh and, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, they moved yeah. the field and they adjusted the field. So there is strategy, and they're looking. Oh yeah, the Jim. Jim, I'm not saying there's none. It's just not you can't compare it to football. But you know, I want to say something. When we're getting close to the end. What I love about baseball, it's like an old friend, right? It's some, you know, football is bang, bang. NBA is bang, bang. Even hockey is bang. Baseball is not that. You're supposed no. to you're supposed to lean back and enjoy and yes. take your time and enjoy the day. People are so yeah, in a hurry right. to change things. Yes. Why change something that exactly. makes, you know what I mean, Jim? You sit there, you have a hot dog, you're with your kid. You're yeah, you're just relaxing. Yeah, man. You're talking, Why? you're communicating. Why isn't that I don't, I, 
Great point, Mac. I relax a lot more the baseball game than the football game. I go to a football game. I'm actually concentrating on the whole game, every play. In baseball, I'm only paying 50% attention when I'm at the game because I'm relaxing, enjoying the atmosphere. Yeah, Football's I mean, more intense, I mean, to watch why, the game. Why can't, why, can't, why can't people anymore just go out and enjoy the day? And it's, that's the beauty of baseball. Yeah. Enjoy the day. It's, 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 and, and don't worry about nothing. Put your phones away. Lean back, have a hot dog. Talk to people around you. Have a good time and enjoy a, a, a decent ball game. Why I can't we do that anymore? I, I, I don't understand the mentality today uh, of people. I mean, everybody's got to go. You know what I want to talk about? Time probably isn't permitting today, Mac, but the best seat to watch a football game I'd like to discuss. To me, it's behind the end zone, behind you know, the goalposts, because you, you know, see the field the way the players do, as opposed to the 50-yard line. That's that's a great, and we could we could do that on all sports almost, right? Where Was it the 50-yard line? Or it, that's a great question. We will discuss that. Folks, again, thanks for thanks for watching. Tremendous views again, tremendous comments. We got very smart, loyal viewers out there. We enjoy having you every Sunday. Enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, and, you know, we'll we'll do the best we can every Sunday for, me, for you here. And I hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for stopping in. And, again, have a great Sunday, folks. Have a great Sunday. Take care. Let me get this. Hey.